Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the host. Host? Is that what you're going to say? You're the host? I'm the host. You're the host? Yeah, you're my co-host. I'm the host. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, the real host. You're the Uh, sidekick. You're the sidekick. I'm not the sidekick. You're the sidekick. Sidekick is good. A sidekick takes out an opponent. A sidekick can be a strong weapon. Yeah. And, And I'm over at Redeemer Fellowship. Yeah, so uh, instead of doing what we normally do, mm-hmm. right, which is um, have a very serious, um, so tightly, that's all we do. tightly thought mm. out, uh, carefully scripted, yes, yes. and carefully presented yeah. study and revisions, of, a, of a topic. Revisions, right, right, right. over and over and over. This time we're just going to kind of wing it. Let's just wing it. We're going to do something different. Do something real different right now. Here we so go. If this is your first episode, uh, this is what we always do, actually. Um, yeah. We're just going to talk about some stuff. And today, what we thought we would do is we would talk about what well, we're just going to call worship subtleties. Yeah. And it's not Spell that- Spell subtleties. S-U-B-T-L-E, subtle, T-I-E-S. Oh, you were struggling the other day. Okay. No, no, I wasn't. What are you talking hey, about? You were like- Worship. Listen, I don't even know if I was right. Sublet. I just said a bunch of letters, and you were like, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> so I'm gonna assume it's right." <laughs> <laughs> just gotta say it with authority. That's all you gotta do. Authority. Yeah, authority. Okay, mm-hmm, that's how you do it. That's how you say authority. Yeah, have if you said that if, with authority, I have. Okay, uh huh. And it just commands respect, no matter oh, what it is. There we go. My wife all right, is, tell Jen it's my, our my time. My wife is texting me. Jen, so my stop wife, it. she is speaking in California this weekend. This is my time. And uh, so well, she's out there preaching at this women's conference, mm-hmm. and so she's in California. And uh, she hates being cold. And of course, uh, you know, she's up in the mountains and uh, it's cold this time yep, of year there. Yep. She's uh, in her cabin with a heater right now. She just sent me a picture. Uh, sorry, Jen. Mm, it's actually yeah. pretty nice here today. It is. It is. Thanks, Jen, for disturbing our time. Yeah. What are we even talking about? Worship subtleties. Man, I know you, she just derailed this. She whole derailed time. the whole thing. So, I how do you spell it. subtleties again? S U B T L E T I E S. Oh, that was authoritative. Yeah. See? So, uh-huh. we're, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. there it goes. So, I don't know if I'm right. Somebody, hey, uh, let us know if I spelled that right. We're going to talk about worship subtleties. And yep. when we say subtleties, we don't mean that uh, some of these things, like the reading of scripture, is a subtle component. We're, we're calling this worship subtleties because we want to talk about the ways yeah. in which we might do these things, not the things themselves. So we're not going to talk at length about why it's important to read Scripture, but we're going to talk about how we ought to be reading Scriptures or the ways that we like Scripture to be read uh, in the local assembly. So um, this is not an episode on the regulative principle, which we No, like. we've already done that. Um, we're, we're not going to do a thing where we're just laying out all the various components of uh, that, you know, in, in our worship service. We'll talk about a lot of that. But instead, we just want to talk about some of the things that should be happening uh, in local congregations, corporate worship. But we also want to talk about the, the way those things can be done to, uh, to better effect, uh, yeah. to be not just to be more biblical, but to be more effective. And Jimmy, maybe the first thing we could talk about is an order of service. Oh, you like, mean we can't just show up and wing it? Uh, you know, you mean, you're telling me on a Sunday morning, I can't just, I can't just let go and let God. I think, well, you probably could. Mm. I think you could. I don't mm. know if it's, I mean, the scripture says uh, that you know, all things ought to be done in an orderly way. Whoa. So I think an order of service is probably a good thing. Like some, some intentionality. Yeah. And what's the, like, I think it's important for us to understand though, there's got to be a point to it, right? Like it's not just order for order's sake, but it's an right. order to try to lead the congregation, to shepherd God's people, uh, to, to a certain purpose or right. goal, right? And what right. would that be? Entertainment. No, that stop is, it. That, that is stop enter, it. Entertainment. Entertainment. <laughs> you said that with authority. <laughs> <I see. laughs> um, yeah, we, we believe that, that 
corporate worship ought to be leading people uh, into a corporate communion Mm -hmm. with God, right? So it's not just like, oh, it's about me and my time with Jesus. It is about intimacy with God, but it's about us as God's people together drawing near to God and God drawing near to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ through the means of grace or through word and sacrament, as Michael Horton would like to say. Mm -hmm. So there is an order of service that is designed to help people move from one point to the next, in a sense, drawing closer by faith. And probably the simplest way that you can think about this is how the Puritans generally um, organized their corporate uh, worship services, and that was uh, with a model of guilt, grace, and gratitude. That's so good. You can see them in their corporate worship uh, progressing in those ways uh, throughout the service. When and when they would hit, you know, they would begin with this guilt, and it was um, it was not to beat themselves up, mm-hmm. but it was a reading of the law. There would be a reading from the Old Testament, a, a full chapter. Typically, they would read the Ten Commandments. Uh, they would read God's law, and in reading God's law, and in um, they, they would they would feel a sense of their guiltiness before God yeah. because they are sinners who have transgressed that law. So there would be guilt that is felt. Right? It was it, this was not just something that you go to and you observe. You're supposed to feel. So there'd be a sense of guilt. But then they would read from the New Testament as well. They would they would read a, a full chapter. They would read a gospel passage, and the, the gospel would be preached and applied to the people's lives. And so this is the grace aspect of their corporate worship. Mm-hmm. And um, and so now the songs that they're singing and their responses are all going to have to do with that aspect of grace, the grace of God, the good news, uh, person, work of Jesus. And then that led into gratitude, uh, which is. Uh, the church's response to the grace of God in yeah. Jesus. So you've got songs of praise, worship, and commitment, things like that. And so that's 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 one sense, one way in which you can think about an order mm-hmm. of service. Every church, when they almost every church, yeah. when they gather on Sunday, there is some kind of an order. We ought to be thoughtful about it. You said, like you said, Jimmy, absolutely we be yep. intentional about it. And when we're talking, so when we're talking about this order of service, we are in a sense talking about liturgy, right? Oh yeah, and people don't like that phrase, right? People, some people don't because they think it's it sounds archaic or it sounds sounds uh, uptight, uptight. Yeah, it sounds, sounds very like, rigid, like like there's a robe and a collar. Yeah, yeah. A cross I, wouldn't and a I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind the Roman collar because you have a Catholic background, you weirdo. You know that's that's okay. Fair, good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, we're not we're not down with the vestments. We're not down with the vestments, but we're down with the sickness. I, that was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. You liked that? Didn't yeah, you? I did like. I that. I made your day. Yeah, you you right. made my day right All there. Right. So when we talk about a liturgy, Joe, what are we kind of referring to here? Like, I mean, let's yeah. let's look at our context in at Redeemer. So any the liturgy is the specific structure. Um, and flow of your um, order of service, right? Mm-hmm. Of your corporate worship. And at Redeemer, our our liturgy, our flow uh, works basically like this, right? So in our program, and I'll take a picture of today's or th- this Sunday's, be tomorrow's. Yep, yep. I'll take a picture of tomorrow's uh, bulletin so that people can see it on the on the website. They, they, they won't be able just to go look on your Instagram because you do it almost every week. Yeah, and you know what? People love it. I know. That's what I I'm know. saying. So, yeah, but why'd you, know, you roll I, your eyes? You eye rolled me. you do it every you week. Roll, you eye rolled me. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I, I, I rolled hard. I know. It was really like, <laughs> It made your eyes water. Oh, man, like you were straining with that roll. Um, so what was I talking about? You You're talking about taking a photo of our liturgy oh, yeah. and our because order of service. Yeah. In, in our liturgy, it is a progression from one point to the next. Yes. And uh, and it's leading God's people through the full range of, of 
of drawing near to God. And so, uh, Jimmy, we'll do this together, right? Let's see if we can pull this off from memory. Here we go. Uh, We start off with revelation. So the very first thing that happens when corporate worship begins for us is what's called revelation. This is uh, is not a word of knowledge. This is not a charismatic experience. Mm -mm. It is the reading of the revelation of God. It is a reading of scripture or a call to worship. Yeah oftentimes from the Psalms, but not always, yep. where our reader will welcome people to the congregation, welcome people to the to the worship service, um, and then they will uh, ask everyone to stand and they will read from the scripture. That's our call to worship. We call it revelation because this is the revealing of the person of God through his mm-hmm. word. And from there, we move into adoration. And that's, yeah. that's kind of where... Uh, for us, that music kind of begins there, right? Yeah, and, and it's, but it's not it just music, right? It doesn't always have right? to be, but it's this words so, of praise. There's, there's prayer and praise. Right, and so it's we call it adoration because this is when it, we are considering God as he is. It's his person and his work. It's our triune God. Mm-hmm. So in this, in this section, we might have scripture readings. We might have prayers. We might have songs. And we might have all of those things. Responsive readings as Responsive well. Responsive readings, right? So... All of these things begin to happen, and they are they are tailored right to flow and connect with the theme of the sermon as we work throughout it. Mm-hmm. But each section has its own emphasis. So, revelation, adoration, and adoration leads to confession. That's yeah. the third section, right? Because you see the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the glory of God in His mm-hmm. person, uh, in His work, and th- that shows us that we are not that way. Yeah, God shows that He is a gracious and merciful God. Well, that means something to us because we are not. We are graceless and merciless. That's right. Um, we need that. Uh, we need forgiveness and cleansing. So we begin to confess our sins here. So we might have a reading from the Valley of Vision, the, a, a psalm or a song that uh, that has an emphasis on the confession of sin, on the on the stain of sin, on our need for redemption. And there's a pastoral prayer of confession at this point as well. Oh yeah, correct. so typically it's 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 me or it's the preacher typically, yeah. um, but where we lead or one the, of the other elders, right? Yeah. So we lead the congregation through that um, that time of of confessing our sins. But it's not just confessing our sins, is it? No, no. no. Then we have expiation, yeah. right? And that's where we observe the Lord's Supper, and we do that weekly. We do it weekly, and we, we do, do it before weekly. the sermon. That's the thing. That's gonna that's gonna throw some people off. People Joe. don't like it. People don't like that. They usually want it towards the end or after the sermon, right? Because historically, that's where the Protestant churches have put it. Oh, you progressive, yeah, you I know. liberal. I know. I'm just like uh, I like doing it my way. Oh man, uh-huh. you and NT right? Yeah, just doing it. Wait, the way. what? Yeah, that's how liberal you people be. But li- he's not liberal. Oh, he's a little progressive. He's he's progressive. He's got a collar. He's got a collar. He's got a collar. You, gotta gotta for, you can slack. forgive him. You, just, you can on. forgive him for the collar. He's got a collar. You know, <laughs> you can't take anything they say too seriously. He's got a collar on. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, but we like to do it at this point, and right. there's a number of reasons why. What's the main reason we do it before? So listen, confession. We yep. confess our sins. We confess Christ as our yep. only hope. That leads into this this, this section that we call expiation. Yep. And, and it's, it, this is the focus on the cross. That's what it means. Like the yes. expiation of our sins. We believe in propitiation and expiation. Yeah. So our sins are, are removed yep. from us through Christ, and th- this begins typically with the Lord's Supper before the sermon. Why? It, what's the primary reason it's there? The primary reason is so that the kids can be part of it, so the kids can observe and see what it is that that we are doing there. Little rugrats, can't they but, just go to their? Can't they no. just go to their class? Yeah, can't we just shove them away, man? You know, they're bothering me, Joe. This is, this is my time. This okay? is our time. But yeah, no. But that's one of the main reasons that the the children can observe it, and for those that that. Uh, are in Christ, or you know what I mean? Those that have confessed Christ uh, and are old enough, and uh, they'll partake in it. But for others, like my children, um, 
you know, they'll walk up with us. Yeah. Uh, they'll see mom, you know, Michelle and I grab it and then we'll all go back down. And then we spend time in our seats discussing, you yeah. know, so Jimmy them, grabs like three cups of wine, but go ahead. Three cups of wine. <laughs> well, we'll ask, like, we'll ask them, you know, okay, what is, what does the bread represent? What does the cup represent? Or these three cups. Or these three cups. <laughs> 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 what, what what do these represent? You know, um, why did Jesus die? It's a teaching moment, and it's that's and it, it. It's a it's worship. It's teaching. You got to. And then we pray together. It. Yeah. Then we so just we pray have, together. We have our people do this, and so uh, you know, uh, revelation, adoration, confession, mm-hmm. expiation, expiation, and then proclamation. Yeah. Proclamation. Uh, this is the preaching of the word, and uh, so. that's all that it is. The only thing that falls under proclamation is uh, exposition of Scripture by the preacher for the day. Um, Our preaching typically lasts, what? uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. 35 to 45 minutes. Uh, So on the short end, we're, you know, 35, and the long end, we're 50. Um, But probably 40 to 45 is what I normally hit, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, And then what follows proclamation? Uh, After that is supplication. Supplication is a prayer. Is a prayer, and it's usually by... Uh, the the preaching pastor mm-hmm. or the preacher themselves right. will will end with a prayer uh, that we have had times where like you'll be preaching and then one of the other elders will come up right. and pray at that point because because there are there's been such a response uh, from the people they're, yes. they're they're charging the stage and they want to touch the hem of my garment is, that I can't get to the mic to pray oh is that so it? that's the hem when, of your garment so you yeah. got the robe on with the collar. Well, the vestments? Are you it, all no, about no, the vestments? No, 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 It's just oh, a bathroom. I heard you. The it's vestments. a bathroom. I got you. you the vestments. About? I get it. So I supplication. After supplication comes what? Uh, let's see. Supplication. Dedication is next. Oh, um, yeah. What's that? So this is, a, this is again, it's like the gratitude section in the, for the Puritans, right? This is where we respond to what God has done, offered us in Jesus. We yep. respond to his promises and his grace and his mercy with songs of commitment, dedication. And again, in most of these sections, it can be a combination of songs, scripture readings, prayers, responsive readings. It can be a lot of different things happening yeah. in there um, that we, we think are, are helpful uh, for the church to be you know doing together. And then after dedication... Oh, it, this is where Joe gets really charismatic. Oh, because I do raise my hand here. Yeah, commission. Yeah, commission. So uh, commission is essentially the benediction where the people of God are yeah. sent and are blessed as they are sent. It's probably the better way to say it. So, and a benediction is simply a, it's, listen, the benediction is not a prayer for the people. A prayer for the people is great, but a, a benediction is a blessing upon the people. That's yeah. what that is. So I extend my hand out um, if I'm preaching and then I read a, a benediction. Oftentimes they're from the scripture. Um, sometimes I use uh, uh, benedictions, a pocket resource by Robert. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name because it sounds like a cuss word. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, no, it does not. Vashholes? Yeah. I don't even <laughs> know what he's talking Vashholes. about. Anyways, Robert benedictions. Vashholes. Yep. All right. So uh, it's a great little book. It's a great little book. Get it on, um, uh, what is it? iTunes? No, Amazon. Amazon. Get it on Amazon. I'll get it on the iTunes. It. Is that yeah, what I don't do? know. I don't, I'm tired. <laughs> Jen's gone. Um, that's a great book. And then sometimes we'll just write our own um, as we're as we're looking at it. So that's the liturgy aspect of it. You, you, there, yeah. is a, there should be an order to your service. There should There is a liturgy that needs to be laid out. It doesn't have to be as formal as ours. Everybody does it a little bit differently. But it's how you approach those things in your liturgy that uh, that is really important that people sometimes forget. Like, oh, as long as I'm doing it, it doesn't really matter how I do it. It does matter. It how does you matter do how you're doing it. And so, you know, one of the things that, that is, you know, as we go through this whole liturgy, uh, one of the things that is always a part of it is scripture reading. Yeah. I mean, everything, it's saturated with scripture. It's sad that so many Baptist churches 
we'll read like three verses in one whole service. That just doesn't. It's like that, that doesn't even make sense to me. No, there needs to be reading throughout, like at every different part. There and should it be, should be informing everything that we're doing. It should be informing the worship. It should be informing, obviously, the, the sermon. It should be informing the prayers. Like everything that we do in our service should be scripture saturated. And it's not just having it, though, right? Like even how we read it matters, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. We, we actually spend time when we talk, uh, for those that are doing announcements and things like that, you know, one of the things we go through is, is, how you read the scripture. You want to read it expressively. Correct. You know, some people would say you want to read it um, exegetically or expositorily. Yep. You want to read it in such a way that you're emphasizing words. That, key points, yeah. key phrases, things like that, pausing at certain spots, going, slowing down and other, you so know. you want them to act. You, that's what you're saying. You want them to act. You want you, them to be good a, actors. To, to a degree. I, I, and when I say act, I know it sounds so bad when I say that. But right. you should read it through a few times and kind yeah. of get a feel for, okay, this is the pace that this should be read. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to put it. Because it's not pretending, uh, when, I, when I was joking with Jimmy there about acting, it's not pretending, but it is bringing to the surface the um, the affections that this passage ought to be stirring up, right? Correct. Like, I mean, so, you got to think, like a lot of these letters, a lot of Paul's letters and stuff would have been read out loud, and that's how people would have received. Yeah, and not what? by Ferris Bueller's teacher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Bueller. Bueller. Yeah, not like that And that's guy. often what happens up right. there. People go up there cold. Yeah. You it, cold. Yeah. You, and it shows. So, you, yeah, be careful how you practice that stuff, man. Practice it over and over and over again. Read it. Get, I mean, read it to yourself so that it's a joy for you to read yeah. it. So, or read it to yourself so that it pains you to read it because it's convicting you. And let all that come out when you're reading it. All right, Joe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit on a spot now. We're going to change gears a little all bit. Right. Still part of worship subtleties and things okay. like that. Hymnals or screen? Uh, well, at Redeemer... And that screen, moving screen. Okay, first... Let's okay. go hymnal right, screen, right. then hymnal, moving screen. All right. Then uh, screen versus moving screen. At Redeemer, we have the screen, not hymnals. Correct. Though I think hymnals are better. I would prefer hymnals. Okay. To a degree. Uh, now, there's a reason we don't have hymnals, and that's because... We pour. No. <laughs> 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 no, it's because... Um, it's because not only do we uh, sing hymns, but we also sing hymns in different arrangements so that the music itself would be Is you different, know, yep. different. But also because we sing a lot of songs that are not in the hymnals. Yes. And uh, we even sing songs that our people have written. So yep. it's like, it's it's a little, it's it's not so easy. We don't want to have to be switching between Exactly. And so how hard, you know, I mean, how do you go from a hymnal to, to hill song in that that fast in, in well, you can. I mean, you just look up, I guess, at the screen. I guess but you so, can have yeah. both. But uh, you know, it's. I don't think I've ever seen us do a, a hill song song. No, well, uh, listen, I I heard the other day that one of the songs we did, my wife called called us out on it. Did she? Was it hill song? No, it wasn't hill song. It, it might have been worse. I I can't. Even, so I, no. Uh, okay, I, I don't want to know what's I, worse. No, I'm gonna not. go have a conversation because I don't even know. She's, I don't I'm even like, know. Are you I'm sure? A, so uh, I, I wasn't. I wasn't paying attention. I was worshiping the Lord. I wasn't judging. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and my wife's like, well, like, hmm. oh, Jen, you Pharisee. Was that written by Steve Furtick? I don't really know. <laughs> Though, actually, we do sing a song that I think he is one of the authors of. I'm not really sure. Anyway, uh, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, him versus screens. <laughs> so we do screens. 
We do screens. I like hymnals. I'll tell you why I like hymnals. All right, go, go. Because, and I think- And I, think, I agree. We both I agree on We this. both like hymnals because we are like tactile people. Yeah. We, so much of our lives is digital and in the cloud and all of that. We love books. We like paper. We like pencils. Yes. Right? We, we, we like that stuff. And so the idea of holding a book, and it really is, it's like an archaic book. It's got old songs in it. Yeah. And it's got some newer songs in it. And we all share this book. And it's just cool. Yeah. Um, and it's hard is like when I'm trying to hold, like I'm trying to hold the book and right. my kid. Right? Wait, Cohen, what? Well, because Cohen or Elias or Ariana, they want to. Why are you holding the kid? Because they want to look and they want to see. They well, put see it on mama's hip. Why is it on your hip? I got three kids. She can't hold all three. Yeah, she probably could. Okay. But one on the shoulder, one on each hip. Boom, boom, boom. Anyways, because my child wants to be with me. All right. I'm just saying, my kid wants to be with me and that's okay. Right. Put, them on, put it on your shoulders. Then you got two hands. Boom. Done. Oh, then the person behind me can't see. Nah, that's true. See? There's all in my life. So, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to hold because you got, you have, if you've got kids and stuff, yes. you're doing things. And I um, want them to f- be involved or participate. Right. right. Of course, you could have your wife hold the book while you hold the kid. There's ways around it. No, but that, oh, you're so patriarchal. You're holding the kid. For, How's that patriarchal? You're, you're holding the kid. You think, oh, woman serve. That's the first thing that comes to yeah, your mind yeah, right woman, there. And husband serve and woman serve. Mm. I think it's both. Mm. But you're holding the kid and that's her job. So you're serving her. <laughs> I'm teasing. Him knows we're um, screened. Te- All right, so, okay, so, that's screen. that so screens are fine. I think screens are good. And we I'm think okay screen, with screens. We like to put the scripture up there. Yes. And we put my whole outline of my sermon on there. No, we, we do the not. Blanks. No, we, we do not. fill in the blanks. No, no we don't. I'm I don't, so thankful no, you don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. But uh, you do, though. Hold on. You do put like uh, the sermon summary up. Yeah, the main point of every preacher's sermon is posted up there for about three minutes when it is uh, when it is. You know, uh, once it's stated, yeah. yeah, and because uh, that's the thing we really want people to get out of our words is the sermon summary. If they grab a hold of that sermon summary, the one sentence summary of really what we're preaching, uh, I think that's going to help them to interact with and to hold on to the truth of God in that sermon more easily. Correct. So we do that, and then uh, you talked about moving things on the screen. Yeah, I was joking. I know yeah, we, we don't. don't no, we're, not, we're not doing I, no moving no, screens. Listen, I just. I, I know How about the I, countdown screen, I get, the countdown to worship screen. Okay, see, I like the idea of a countdown to worship screen because really? everybody's late. But the people who are late aren't going to see the countdown anyway, yeah, so what's the point? No the only people that are going to see the countdown are the, the people, people who are, are on there. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but moving screen, it's a distraction, at least for me. Well, yeah, well, I get it, distracted. Yeah, but you have ADD. So, you know, so okay. do I. You know. I, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. Uh, Way I, to call me out for that. Thanks, I, Joe. I hate the moving screen because I feel like you're trying too hard. I feel like what is it really? has to be moving. Why does it have to be? No, moving? but why do you think they're trying too hard? And, and that's oh, a serious question. I'm saying like, oh, like, hey, we're not gonna have a screen. Anybody can have a screen. We're gonna have a moving screen, man. We don't just have a. We don't have a sunburst. Our sunburst moves, yo. <laughs> we got moving sunburst. We don't have stars. Our stars twinkle. How like how you like that? Our stars twinkle. Or hey, look, that that's not just a picture of the ocean. Those waves move. The waves are crashing. All right. And you open up with oceans or whatever it is. Look, uh, it's fine. I don't I really care. I remember that song. I don't really care. I don't, I mean, ultimately, I care enough because it annoys me, but I don't think it's like a biblical problem no, if you have no, movies. No, no. I just don't like it. Listen, just get All right, how about music style? Music style. Music style. Let's uh, go. Piano, Scandinavian piano. death metal. No, That's no, stop it, like. stop it. Music style, because there's some, some individuals that would say, you know, oh, you can't have drums up there. You can't have... Well, electric guitar right. or violins. A lot of it seems preferential. This is why you have to let the Bible determine your musical style. Oh, so right? does that mean we could jump or be in our underwear dancing with a tambourine? Um, 
Is that is that our Bible says it? The Bible says it. Is that our biblical style of worship? Oh, uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, listen, style. The style of your music needs to be carefully chosen. It needs to be culturally appropriate. I like that. So carefully chosen, culturally appropriate. Keep going. All right. So what I mean by carefully chosen is, um, you want the style of your music, the feel the vibe, whatever you want to say, the style of music, to be an appropriate fit for what you're communicating, right? So um, some songs, uh, some things that we do are more serious, some things are more joyful and expressive, so the songs ought to reflect that appropriately. So, um, But it also ought to be culturally appropriate, meaning that um, it's not a weird thing that the culture has never heard of. Because, um, like, the, for example... The, the the songs that we sing at our church, we sing in a style where the church goes, when, when newcomers come in, let's say non-Christians come in, they come in and they look up stage and they go, oh, I know those instruments. I hear that music. I, I get what's going on here. It sounds good. What they're saying is trippy. What they're mm-hmm. saying is weird. What they're saying is freaking me out or what they're saying is offending me. But it's not the form that is Correct. so bizarre. There's enough of the esoteric in our corporate worship. I don't think we need to make it more complicated by having our own special style. And this is what's interesting to me, is that when you look throughout the world and you go to an Orthodox Jewish uh, service or gathering, mm-hmm. or when you go to um, a, a Muslim uh, prayer service, the, there is a uniformity of culture. Yes. But not in the church. Because the church is the people of God made up of, a, uh, made up of God's elect in every tribe, tongue, and nation gathered locally, governed by the word and the ordinances, and it takes on the flavor of the culture without becoming idolatrous or godless. So I mm. love that in every generation we have new songs, new melodies, yeah. new sounds, new vibes, new styles. So that and not know, just not just in every generation, but in in communities, right, right. So in different in, culture groups in in uh, Papua New Guinea, it, their their songs are going to sound different than they are in South Africa mm-hmm. versus the the South Side of Chicago. Oh versus yeah, South Wales. Yeah, or any other South uh, South, South Dakota, South Dakota, <laughs> South. <laughs> I remember one of the biggest frustrations I had because like, I spent time in in Uganda. Right, and right. So I was at this church, uh, University Community Fellowship, uh, in, which is right. Outside. Oh, UCF. You UCF. Know, you know UCF? Oh, everybody knows UCF. No one knows fellowship. No, I've never heard of that. Okay. Guy. It's outside of McKinney University in Kampala. And so uh, I was there and, and great church. Love Masumba. Masumba Micah. Uh, and so anyways, we're there. Hey, did I, I meet Micah? Uh, yeah, you met Micah. Yeah, I met Micah. Yeah, you met Micah. Masumba sounds like a big dude. It means it means pastor. Okay. It means okay, pastor. Because he's a little guy. He's a little guy. Right. He's a little guy. Anyways, so, uh, so Micah, and anyway... The worship there was great. Love the worship, like, yeah. and you know it was different for me because mm-hmm. it, was, it was it was more culturally appropriate for them, right? But then some other Westerners would come in, and by and Westerners, we, do you mean white people? White people would okay. come in, and right. they would you know be part of the church and stuff. Then they'd want to start doing worship, and then they would try to change the worship. What year is this? This would have been ninety two. No, I'm sorry, two thousand two. So probably Shane and Shane. They want to bring in Shane and Shane. Is that what they want to do? <laughs> Or they, they were bringing a little something, something that was weird. They were weird. bringing a little, and it was just—it it didn't it was fit. Just, it was—it was not a fit. We actually, I to kind of prove my point to some of the elders there, had a video camera and just showed. Look, look at the the big difference in worship. You went from people really uh, not just enjoying but uh, resonating because yeah. this is 
this is the what they understood. Expressive, ex, uh, to, explosive, almost right to I the to the frozen chosen that we find here. Yeah, of just kind of like they, I've never seen Africans off beat. Yeah, but this. But at that point, I did. You put a white guy in charge. Put a white uh, guy in charge, uh, and little, it was off beat. Yeah, and so, but yeah, we had to kind of walk through that and talk through and kind of you know thank the individuals and say, hey, really good, really great, yeah. but let's let's make sure that we're not trying to westernize yeah. uh, a people group. So. Uh, at this style, I think the style does matter. You got to choose that carefully, and you know it, it ought to make sense to the culture on some level. Uh, but it needs to be ruthlessly biblical in content oh, yeah. for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about a couple other things. How about uh, how about raising of hands? Now we have some people. Oh no, we have no, some people no, at Redeemer no. both hands up and out like they're making the Y in the YMCA song. <laughs> We have a couple of people. We do. We have a couple. Well, of I guess I do see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. They're towards the back typically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of those. But well, because va- they have to be in back, so they don't distract everybody else in front. But the vast majority of the people, uh, the hands are in their pockets. Uh, they're or like, on their side. Yeah, sides, I don't know about yeah. the pockets. They're, they're, they're pockets not on top sometimes. of the chair. You know, they're on the top of their laptop while they're surfing the web. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Joe, you're the only one that I've ever seen in a worship service that has their hands in their pocket. Yeah. That feels good. Or in like in like your hoodie. I don't wear a hoodie. Stop it. <laughs> I've never your, worn a hoodie. Like right Get there in your here. fanny pack. Yeah. Like I, just, that one. <laughs> I rest it on my belly is what I do. <laughs> You're like, Ugh. Yeah, because I'm sitting down in my lazy boy. Um, so what about raising of hands? Uh, biblical, unbiblical, good, bad? What do you think? I mean, it's hard to say because I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's unbiblical by any means. So I, it shouldn't I, be hard to say. Well. It should be easy to say. Like, okay, it's hard to say because... It, it I'm, I'm not okay. <laughs> I I don't feel compelled to do that. So that's that's it. There has been rare times where I felt compelled. Though you know I'm really convicted of my sin. Oftentimes, uh, convicted of my sin. In, so you, whenever you feel convicted of your sins, you go hands up. Oh man, I'm like oh, I give up. <laughs> hands up, don't shoot. I plead, no. <laughs> I, I plead. I plead the blood and mercy of Jesus. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about. But that's what I, okay. What I'm talking about is like, I, never mind. I don't want to go into all that. But, but I sometimes feel you feel something. I feel compelled, and you feel something, and it makes you want to raise your hands. Exactly, that's, that's fine. what it is, and that's, that's what I'm that. okay with. So I don't think it's wrong for people to do it. Uh, you know, okay. but I understand that some people feel like, oh, is it? I don't know. I guess it's not really a distraction. It's not a distraction for me. I here's, don't go into the, the service going, oh, that's a distraction. Raising your hands or not raising your hands is not a big deal. That's what's easy to say. Right, raising it or not raising it. Not a big deal. Nobody should make it into an issue. Now, there are heart issues, and you can't always know or usually can't know people's hearts about why they're doing what they're doing. Um, So I don't even want to get into that. That's a different issue, right? Your heart in worship, that's another podcast episode that we'll do. Mm -hmm. But I would say that no one should be unnecessarily distractive in a church service. Yes. We had a homeboy walk in one time, and uh, and he he was like, man, I can't wait to see what God's going to do today. And I've never met him before. I'm like, all right, yeah, man, it's going to be good. And he starts talking. He's kind of weird. He's kind of talking weird. And, uh, and so we're, we're, we're singing, we're worshiping. And this guy walks down the center of the aisle in the middle of a song. And he stands right in front of one of the mains, which is the big black speaker on either side of the sanctuary. And he stands in front of it and he stretches his arms out like he's, he's, like, he's like getting spray tanned. Uh, in some booth, right? This is before like. me. Oh yeah, he's standing there, and and the sound waves are just washing over him. And he's like, uh, and you know, it's probably like be thou my vision because we always sing that song, and uh, and so I'm gonna go over there. I'm, just, I'm I stand I'm standing there. I'm pretty close to that, and so my plan is to go over there and go, hey bro, uh, you need to sit down, 
Um, he's doing it, and at this point, I know at least 75% of the church is looking at this dude mm-hmm. who walked to the front of the church, over to the side, and now is standing in front of the speaker that is facing the congregation mm-hmm. so that he can bathe in the glory of... And those de- speakers don't even work. Decibels. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even work. So uh, his decibel bath uh, might have been enjoyable <laughs> for him, but it was distracting for everybody else. So we, we like the idea of, like, don't create unnecessary distractions. Some mm-hmm. distractions are going to happen. That's life. Baby crying, deal with it, right? We're a yeah, family. Yeah, that's fine. Deal with it. What about painting? What about painting during worship? Oh, sculpting, painting, yes. crafting, creating chalk art. Yes. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Because it, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't, first of all, science has now proved you don't multitask, okay? So stop pretending that you do. Second of all. You always say you multitask. Yeah, I know. I'm lying. Oh, I just God. want you to leave me alone when I'm doing one thing and I want you to believe I'm doing something else at all the right, same time. All right, all right, all right, So, um, listen, it's just, it's just, why are we, why are we doing this? It, when you put a guy up front to start sculpting or a woman up front to start painting, it might be cool. I don't object to the idea of it, of somebody sculpting and painting to be observed and enjoyed. It's just not a part of corporate worship, right? It's not, a, it, it's becoming an essential element. I want to get rid of it. So uh, raising hands is fine. Uh, I don't really care. Most of our people don't do it. But just because you don't do it doesn't mean that your heart isn't exploding in joy yes. and worship. And just because you are doing it doesn't mean that you are worshiping the Lord. Uh, it all depends on your heart and where you are at. Hey, Jimmy, I know we're getting long here. Yeah. Why don't we talk a little bit briefly about why do you like responsive readings? Yeah. And then we'll, we'll end on benedictions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, why I like them is I think it's uh, participatory, right? Because I think. Not only are we hearing God's word, but we're responding with God's word. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's something there with that, you know, even if it's... It's powerful to hear, yeah. you know, we're to hear God's people, right? Whether you've got 12 or 1,200, to hear God's people in unison speak the word of God, that, that's, that's, right. that's a powerful thing, and So man. for us, a lot, you know, our responsive readings are, are from scripture or... Or Hillsong. Or, <laughs> or inspired or influenced by scripture, things like uh, like the Valley of Vision. Yeah. We'll use that. That's probably resource. the most common extra biblical thing that we will use in is the worship. Valley of Vision, because Puritan such a Prayers. Good, yeah, oh, so good. We'll link to that. So yeah, I mean, the way we do it is uh, uh, the, the words are all up on the screen. The leader will, will read the words, and then the congregation will respond with the words that are bold and underlined. Um, and that way it's very clear for us. Yeah. When Even respond. if we don't announce it. Like, People hey, know. please respond by, it's kind of obvious. It's pretty obvious. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. Um, all right, and benedictions. Um, I've, I, I, we started doing benedictions, I don't know how many years ago. Uh, a formal benediction, which you've already said, is a blessing over the people where, mm-hmm. the, where the speaker will raise his hand and extend it outright and, um, and speak a blessing over the people. That's right. Or, or Joe will, you know, uh, wipe off some of his sweat and yeah. bestow it upon the congregation. Yeah, sprinkle it. Uh, sprinkle it. Or, or I'll bestow, I'll, I'll extend my hand and then I'll rock it and do like the wave to the other hand and then <laughs> and then I'll, I'll I'll do the blessing with the left hand. But the point is... Um, I'd the, love to see you do the that. Benedi- so oh, goodness oh. sakes. No. What? Uh, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> um, I, we don't play at worship, but we're not doing that. So, uh, But here's the thing. Uh, people, I, I can't tell you how many people I've had come to say, we love the benediction, mm. or we love the the Lord's Supper, or that you know that the way that we, it's done, or we love how even offering is done. There's, there's always scripture and all of this. So this benediction, though, and my wife told me before we started doing it, and I told her we were going to start doing it. She goes, oh, I remember when my dad would do the benediction because her dad was a pastor uh, in Germany at this church. He was a German guy. And uh, she, it was one of her favorite parts because 
here you had the word of God being spoken and mm. the people are being sent and it's this blessing. And it's just this distillation of, of the character of God and something that he does. It's a really good thing. So we love to do that. And we raise, uh, the speaker will raise his hand and many of the people will raise their hand in response, uh, which can look a little uh, a little Nazi if you're not careful how you do it. Oh, so. I'm just saying, well, you're, I can tell what you're thinking. I know. I know. Well, One guy's raising his like hand this. like, no, no, not like that. No, raise it more. A little yeah, more. You got to angle. The angle has not to be. A, not at a 45. Not, not 45. <laughs> Never 45. Never 45. Got to get it up there a little get bit more. Get it up there. Yeah. <laughs> to 70. You Minimum. <laughs> Yeah, 45 looks racist, so don't do that. Yeah, you really careful. Southern Baptist pastors, you need to stop that. Yeah, yeah, don't uh, <laughs> knock it off, guys. All right, listen, uh, worship subtleties. Like, listen, the, the, what we do matters, but how we do it matters as well. We want to encourage you guys to be thoughtful about what you're doing as an individual in the context of corporate worship, but we also want your churches to be thinking about it as well. And we ought to always be working on our churches, not just in our churches, working on our churches, mm-hmm. working on our corporate worship. So let's take it seriously, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Like, yep. maybe what are some of the ways that you do uh, some of these elements, and maybe some, maybe how, how can we learn from you? How can our listeners benefit from you? You can share and join the conversation on social media. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Doc and Devo, or on Facebook, slash Doctrine and Devotion. Um, and we'd love to hear even like as Joe was talking about how are you doing it and these are things that you could be writing about uh, for Doctrine and Devotion Ooh, they want to write for Doctrine and Devotion you know oh, they yeah. can write slash for Doctrine submissions and right Doctrine and Do- Devotion slash dot sub- com slash okay. submissions Doctrine and Devotion doctrine, yeah Dot com. Dot com. Doctor, f- slash. So, okay, why are you confusing everybody? We want them to write for us. I know, but and you're yeah. making it worse. Forward slash. Is that backslash? Forward? Is that backslash? Just say slash. Oh, I didn't. Guns and Roses. Slashes. Good job. Um, DoctrineAndDevotion.com slash submissions. Go there. There you get all the details. Tony Dopke, our blog editor, will walk you through the process. And if you're terrible, he will kindly tell you. And if you're good, <laughs> he will let you write. So um, we, we definitely want to hear from you. Write. We, we want to hear more about this. Man, that'd be great, man. That'd get be more good. people writing. We got a lot of people writing. Yeah, I know, but I want more of this kind of stuff. Yeah. This kind of stuff that's and really going to be encouraging. Not just more of this kind of stuff. More ladies. We need more oh, ladies right now. Where are the ladies at? Come yeah. on. And now listen, John Piper's not going to read it if you write it, but... But we will. We will. We will. I promise. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I'm playing. I like John Piper. I'm just playing with him. I, would, I make fun of you. You make fun of me. You make fun of John Piper. It doesn't mean we're hating. <laughs> you can head over to iTunes and leave us an honest five-star review. Leave us a review on iTunes. We want to see that. We want to, like, we need to love. We're insecure people. JoeForeStore.com. That's where you can buy our stuff. JoeForeStore.com. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy all of our things. Buy t-shirts, journals. You can buy like... Fresh uh, pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog fresh post pods on happening. Video Mondays, during the week. Sometimes. Later. Sometimes. Maybe. Why, why can't I play? Why can't you play with what? <laughs>